right. So now that we got, let's 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 roll straight into this since we already lost about uh, ten minutes of pure gold. Our best talking about our none best bits ever. No, oh. none of that happened. Oh God! All right. So now go. I'm pushing it. Now I'm pushing it to you. I I, I tried opening. It oh great! So now it really is uh, uh me two times. All right. All right. All right. So, hey, everybody, this is You Know the Drill with Sam and Rutz, and uh, we had the, one of the best openings ever, and uh, Craig wasn't there to record it, so you'll just have, you'll, it's the lost opening that will, end, that will never be known. Right, you'll have to fill in the blanks yourself. We're talking today, last week we kind of, te- well, we've been talking about this a little bit because uh, Rutz has mentioned his Gamify theory, and, or not, I don't know, his Gamify approach, and it's something that I certainly would like to learn more about because I, have my own struggles, uh, which is what we just we sort of teased last week, at least re- the recording last week. I don't know if this will what the order will be, but either way, because yeah, this no, is that, that should be right because we've we've gone in order for like the last like month. All the ones that we've been recording have just been coming out, you know, the next week. Okay, cool. So see you all next week then. I guess. <laughs> but uh, this is uh, what? Wait, what? What day does this come out? So this will be on the first. So we'll just miss September. Okay. All right. Well, close enough to count. Okay. Close enough. So we just realized last week, or at least I did, that this is a mental awareness month. Uh, I I don't really keep track. I don't even know when. uh, Every time I have friends ask me like it, like, oh, hey, it's Rosh Hashanah or or Yom Kippur or whatever, and I'm like, I had no idea. I don't. I obviously, and I'm not religious too. Um, I know when Yom Kippur is. I, well, I and and for those of you who don't know, I am I am uh, I guess Jewish by birth, but uh, I would think not, so. <laughs> I know, I know that's dangerous, but uh, no, but I I don't uh, am non practicing and and non aware apparently. So like I just don't I don't keep track of time very well, and it's not this isn't a a pandemic thing. This is a always thing. You know, I I I love when like. You know, whenever you this this is always gonna kind of get on my nerves a little bit. Where I people you know would ask how my weekend was, and I'd say I, I think it was good. I don't remember, and they'll be like, "Oh, must have been a really good weekend, huh?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, like I've heard that a thousand times. I just don't pay attention to time that well." Anyway, yeah, so it's Mental Awareness Month, and you know, in general, I'm not a big on like how, how do I how do I put it designations, I guess, for like oh, it's this day, it's this month, it's. I'm not yeah. really big on holidays. I don't know, but they're they're a little bit. They get a little bit absurd sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like I don't know. There's like a cheese pizza, National Cheese Pizza Day, and a National Pizza Day or Pepperoni Pizza. I don't even know. But we're not. Any- we're, we are not equating you know Mental Health Awareness Month to National Pizza Day. Just no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm not gonna lie. It it does help my mental health, and I I'm not joking. I know it sounds like a joke, but uh, I. We'll, we'll get into this. But yeah, no, I mean, I normally don't. But I mean, I think that, you know, I, I do think it's important. I think that um, I understand the, the function it serves. It's like a reminder. It's like because we, you know, a lot of people have a hard time, you know, and uh, obviously I'm I'm one of those people. Russ is one of those people. I mean, I'm assuming I, I know, you know, I know we've talked and I know that you've got your stuff. I have, a, I have a unique stuff. case. I'll, I'll get into it in a little while. Yeah, if you want, you don't have to. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's it's something I've uh, dealt with as far back as I can remember. It's funny because I remember my first, and again, my memory is very 
fuzzy. Um, so it's like, I don't trust my memory, but sometimes things turn out to be correct as I remember them. But my first memory of like experiencing depression was, I think when I was five years old around that age, I don't know. And I remember looking in a box of toys. It's really, it's kind of a weird thing, but I remember looking in a box of toys and like, and feeling very like empty. Like what, what is this stuff? Why? Like, this is so meaningless. Something to that effect. I don't know. But that's like, yeah, that's like my earliest memory. Well, it's something that I've various, like a whole bevy of things I've been kind of dealing with anger management. Uh, it's kind of a self-diagnosed eating disorder. I haven't really, but I'm pretty certain like my relationship with food is not healthy. But honestly, <laughs> but who, not healthy either. who's really like, who is really? That's like, true. Although I, I really like, I have a real bad eating problem. Like I have it un under control, but like psychologically it's not good i used to I, there was there was a time thank god that uh i did follow this habit i kind of some mentality has kind of stayed with me but to try and give give like the broad strokes but like in college i got to this point where in order to like eat whatever i wanted i would on certain days i'd eat two pop tarts that was all i would eat to like maintain my weight i wouldn't like you know i didn't make myself throw up or anything but i mean it's still a similar kind of situation and then yeah. like on other designated days i'd eat without any regard to what i was eating it was just a free-for-all well it's kind of it's kind of like extreme fasting borderline anorexia yeah yeah i've heard um somebody say like bulimia i don't again i don't bulimia, know bulimia is the actual like i know big part of bulimia is the actual act of like making yourself vomit to throw up whatever you want okay so that is part of it. I, I i'm sorry for not knowing somebody once told me that it was that what like when i described it to them they said that sounds like bulimia and they said it's not just throwing up but I, again that was you know i guess this wasn't a an expert so either way yeah i guess it's whatever it's not uh, healthy you know i said this last week but i i have a really hard time uh, doing the the simplest tasks everything extra i probably should get some expert opinions here, but I've been told executive processing is disorder. I think it's called executive processing disorder or something. So I think it's a newer thing that's yeah, coming to that. Well, it's something that I've heard from a few people now and it's, it's a it's kind of a newer thing yeah, where it's it like, intrigues me actually. well, what it is to my understanding is that like, you don't have a good filter. So everything kind of comes in at the same volume and it's really hard. So because that's really hard for me to process things in general, like everything even very small thing. I found this out by describing what the issue is because everything comes in with the same amount of weight in my head. Like having to, um, I always struggle to come up with a really good example. Like come up with something that doesn't like sound like something that everybody has an issue with, but, and, and it's, you know, maybe it's a lot more common than we realize even. But uh, I mean, like for instance, okay, I'll tell you what, I created our Twitter account and uh, our Instagram. I finally got around to doing that. And yes. very easy task that had the same amount of weight to me as like, you know, editing my book, for instance, everything has that kind of significance. You know, significance. And so when that happens, it just slows you down to a halt and it's very hard to get anything done. That's an interesting 
way to look at everything or how to yeah. receive that information. Oh, it's terrible. I, I hate it. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm managing and I, and I, and again, a big part of what we're discussing, I actually don't remember if we mentioned this in the lost opening or in this opening, but, uh, <laughs> my short-term memory is scary bad. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so basically we've been talking about discussing game theory for no, no, not game theory, gamify. Oh God, I think, you, I think you have to take it from me. I've been talking too long and now I'm starting to get confused. It's fine. Today, so what we've basically been talking about today is what we want to go through. Both of us are primarily self-employed, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about how scheduling and structure is helping our mental, our mental health and our lives just in general. So, And boy, it, boy does it help because until like a month, a month and a half ago, I was just kind of freewheeling it and struggling mm-hmm. hardcore. And now I've started scheduling things out. And it actually is, I've yeah, been getting a lot you, done. Well, I want, I want, let me, you can go ahead and start it off. I want to, I want to know how, because you've told me that you've like just started structuring everything. And I'm like, I'm intrigued by your methodology. It's pretty simple. I mean, the thing is, is I fought against it because um, I don't like structure. Like I like, I, I crave a, a lot of, uh, I, I'm, uh, what, what's the word? Give me, give me just a second. Oh, autonomy is very important to me. You know, I, I worked yeah. in an office for three, almost four years and, uh, you know, having that kind of structure, having a schedule, I don't like schedules. I, I hate the, one of my biggest pet peeves is whenever, anytime I come in to work, some jackass had to say it's Friday or it's Monday. And it's like, what, like that would, that would drive me so insane because it's like, thank you for reminding me how absolutely mundane our lives are. Like that kind of thing. I, I can't handle that. And I, and I feel like I need to be able to freewheel through the day, but I realize I can't do that. I need to have something I can still, you know, again, what I'm doing right now allows me a lot of freedom. I can sort of pick and choose what I do when I do it, but I need some kind of structure because I'm so much of a structureless person by nature. It's like Lord of the Flies. You've got no parents to provide structure. I actually haven't read Lord of the Flies since like middle school. I so. love that book. I, I read it like, I need last to, year, actually. I need to reread it because it was actually, it was read to us. I don't know why it was read to us, but it was, and not like in, in school, like it was read to us during like a lunch period or something. And I don't remember, I, I know like the basic premise. So I, hopefully I'm using that reference, right? But you, you good get enough, yeah. You get my point. It's like you've got to, it's it's important to not overlook discipline. I think that's something that's really is happening right now is that there's a lot of awareness going on. There's a lot of people becoming very accepting of just just general. There's a lot more there's there's more acceptance now than there used to be. And I think what with one of those things, diff, people's mental uh, mental health and how people process mentally and and function that way, there's a lot more awareness. And you know, with that, I think sometimes comes this idea of I, I God, I don't even know if this. Uh, this is really annoying. That it, I, I hate that it keeps cutting out because it's you know you have a flow and then. Well, I guess I'll just pick up where I left off. Then I think it. I think something that is being lost right now is that, and again, it's it's. I think it's really good that people are now becoming. You know, we're we're addressing. You know, we're not stuffing. We're no longer put, pushing mental health under the rug. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. We're trying to explore. And that's a great thing. I do think something that is sometimes being lost in translation is that in an effort to accommodate, be more, yeah, accommodate, be more accepting, where there, there's this, there's this 
idea of not pushing yourself anymore. And I don't think that, I think we still need to try to, you know, as gently as possible and, and, and in a way that works for you, I think it's important. We've got to, in general, we can't, we can't completely avoid everything that makes us uncomfortable and that puts us outside of our comfort zone. Cause that though, that's where we grow and that's where we get stronger. And exactly. I think it's important. What, what kind of, what kind of life is that? What kind of, what kind of life is that when there's no challenge? Yeah, and and you know it may come off as uh, as harsh, but it's kind of it's it's kind of important. It's that medicine you have to take. It's like you know, and 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 it's not something to be afraid of because it doesn't mean that there's pressure or that there's this you know chomping dog at you or whatever. It it means that you just have to carry that as an intention. Like if you're not able to do it, that's fine. Like if you just, if, I mean, I, this happens to me all the time. I keep always trying to push myself to do something I don't want to, and, and I am not able to do it. And, you know, but it, that's always, you know, like that, that's always got to be the goal is to grow, is to learn to overcome and to move past those things that you fear that keep, that hold you back. It's interesting. And, like that, that idea, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard that idea thrown across about like childhood bullying, right? Yeah. And how, you know, a lot of mother, a lot of parents are like, you know, it goes into the, I have to protect my child at all costs. Yeah. Even if I have to shelter them from the world. But then at the same time, they're not going to grow and overcome. I'm not obviously advocating for childhood bullying here. Yeah. But yeah. I, it's I it's think, a tough it's a tough thing to discuss too, because, but right. yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, no, I, I do think that they can't be protected forever. So yeah, exactly. I was, I was having this conversation with my sister actually, who's roughly 16. So she's going through, you know, her own thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have two rules when it comes to like, just being around me, like being, if you're going to be friends with me, you follow these two rules, right? Mm-hmm. You don't disrespect me and you don't yeah. waste my time. I, I think it's going to be very telling of my parenting style in the future, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to totally let you make – like if you're going to be my kid, I'm going to let you make a mistake. You know? Yeah. I'm going to let you drive your car recklessly and crash into uh, something. Oh, man. Yeah. And then yeah. you will understand why you shouldn't do that. You have to – I mean you do have to learn. That's, that's what life is about. It's about going through and, and having these experiences and learning. And learning not to repeat the same mistakes again. Because, I mean, really, if you get sheltered and if you're not going through these things. And, you know, again, it, I, I don't want anybody to feel bad or, or feel like, feel pressured. or Because that, that's not good either. You know, you don't want to. It's all about, like, building emotional and mental fortitude, I think. Making yourself stronger and becoming a, you know, more powerful individual who can, who can take on. You know, it's, it's all about growth. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, I'm I'm sitting here trying to make the the justification of, oh, kid can't swim, throw him in the deep end of the pool and make sure you know and force him to figure it out. Like the birds that push their their. Uh, yeah, exactly. The their, birds that push the young out to um, select out those that can fly. Uh, oh, so some sometimes they don't fly. Yeah, sometimes they don't. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, mother that nature. Also seems, that also comes off off as like a almost a natural selection esque kind of thing, but that's yeah. not what I mean. Not to that extent. <laughs> oh man, I have a feeling you're going to be editing yourself a lot in this one. <laughs> oh, maybe, probably not. No, Whatever. no, no, you got it. But um, anyway, I guess uh, I don't even remember. So 
I'm not even sure where we start with so that tangent, we, but so yeah, so we tangented because you were telling me about how you break up your day. And okay, yeah, it went that way for 15 minutes. Okay, so basically, yeah, because I, I don't want to keep sitting around not doing anything and feeling defeated. So I got the suggestion to start scheduling my day, and at first I met it was met with a lot of resistance. I didn't want to do it. I felt very restrictive. It wasn't something that, you know, I didn't want to pose that on myself. I thought it was going to do the opposite. I tried it once and it didn't work, but it was also, I think, just happened to be like a lot of unexpected stuff came up that day. And I think that kind of turned me off to it. So I tried it again because the suggestion was brought up again. And first I wrote out a list of to-dos, which I already had one, but I wrote out a new one. And I did this in Google, Google Doc with my to-do list. And then from there I started, I went to Google Calendar, which just had to figure out the, you know, the interface. I didn't really like it at first, but then I was able to get it to set it up in a way that it's actually rather easy. You, you know, you just click on an hour or something, you do a thing. And so I start off my morning. I've been trying to do like this meditation ritual thing, which I've been doing it since uh, July. And the more I do stuff like this, like guided meditations, the more my mind just shuts off and like, no, it doesn't shut off. I just completely ignore it. And I, and I'm just, my eyes are closed and my thoughts are running amok. Meditation doesn't, has never been that great for me. But anyway, um, so I try and get that done. And then I like spend a little time maybe until I'm ready. And then I sit down and I schedule out my day. I break it. I mostly in hour blocks generally. And like, I'll take anything like even, um, even like, for instance, uh, oh, like signing up for Twitter and, and Instagram that I gave myself an hour for that. And surprisingly enough, sometimes things as simple like that as that do take, and I don't think that one did, but like things that you don't, ex you think will take like five minutes will take an hour because of, for whatever reason. And it's good to give yourself that extra time because, you know, it's, it's less intimidating. You feel less pressure and it's like, this is an easy task. I have an hour to do that. It'll be fine. And then a lot of times you finish early, you got this extra time. Maybe you can get started on something else. Maybe, um, you know, uh, maybe you can just relax. And that's the thing is I also schedule my recreation too, which I know is something you do. Yeah, um, I do something similar to that. But I, but I have the whole day blocked out. Like uh, I've got an hour to work on, you know, um, work on a, uh, an article, then an hour of recreation, and then an hour of article. You know, you try and space it out in a way that so that you've, so that you keep moving and you're staying sharp. Especially, you know, because for me, I something I'm learning now too is that my mental clarity just runs out very easily. And like, you know, it's like I can, I can edit my own stuff pretty easily. Like I can read read over stuff for like maybe an hour or two. But like the more I do it throughout the day, my ability to focus just wanes, and it becomes, and I get, I slow down so significantly. So you got to try and you know, like take an hour walk in between to clear your head. Um, and any other tasks, you know, like setting up a online portfolio, um, you know, going online to do grocery shopping, you just, all these are hour blocks, sometimes maybe two hour blocks. If you think that it may, and I always do it at the top of the hour just to make it easy, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, um, I don't do it every single day, but I do it most days. Like I haven't done today's yet. Uh, cause I just got stuff you know every day you have a different level of how you feel and today i i wanted to get jump jump right into working on an article and um 
instead of, you know, taking the time to set the schedule, which is something I'm going to do after this to sort of get some clarity on my day. And that's what it does. It gives you clarity. It gives you direction. It takes that mental fog of what am I going to do today? Because this nebulous sort of to-do list that is kind of floating out there, you don't have it locked down. You don't have a place to reference it. And the beauty of it is you got to, you've got to look at this list. Like this isn't something, these aren't hard and fast rules. It's more like a suggestion, a guideline. Um, And at the end of the day, if you do two, two, maybe three things on that list, even let's just, you know, go real simple. That's still better than like spending the entire day, not getting, being able to get anything done because you can't figure out what to do next. And so like, you should feel accomplished just getting a few things done. And then next thing you know, this thing's carrying you through momentum. You wind up getting like almost everything except maybe one or two things done. That's fantastic. You're getting a lot done. And can, I mean, I look at it all t- and all the time I'll move stuff around. I don't even physically move stuff around. Just having it there and having it blocked out like that just helps me think, oh, well, I feel like doing this thing right now or like the time is coming up and it, I can feel it. There's so many times when like, let's say, you know, writing something is coming up and I just don't feel like it. I don't want to. If I didn't have it on schedule, I would have put it off. But the fact that it's coming up, it's like, all right, I'm going to have to do this. I may take like a few minutes to get settled in. I may, you know, dawdle a little bit, but I'll, oh yeah, because it's it's coming up, because it's on a schedule, you have a certain sort of, there, there's an accountability and you're, and that makes it so you just want to get it done. Like there's incentive, there's, mo- so it, it really works. And then you get that done and then you get it done early and then you get a jump start on something else. And then you've got more time, more downtime and the downtime feels earned. It doesn't feel terrible. Like it usually does. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll move stuff around, but most of the time just having it there is enough. And, uh, yeah, it's, I've been doing this for probably over a month now. And I mean, I haven't had a day when I've, that was scheduled. At least I've had some where I haven't scheduled anything that were really pretty bad, but I haven't had a day where I felt really unaccomplished and felt like I was wasting my time. I feel like every day I feel like I'm getting stuff done. I feel like I'm, you know, on track for something. So it's good. It's really good. I can't recommend it enough. Really, if you're struggling, you know, just give it a shot. I mean, trust me, as someone who has felt very, who went into this feeling very hopeless about it, you know, as someone who has felt like I've tried everything, what's the point? I did this just to try it and it, and it worked. And it's not to say that's not to guarantee it's going to work for you, I guess, because like, you know, I think the important takeaway is that everybody, like we all have our own success map, I guess, with, that we have to I find like on our own. Yeah. And like, I think one of the, this is a big principle I've carried with me a long times. I think a problem is that a lot of people look for success, other people's success stories to uh, as like a model for their own success. And I think that you can't do that. I think you can look to other, you know, to other, um, you know, success stories as, uh, as a jumping off point, as a, as a reference, but you, ultimately everyone has their own success story that they have to find. And you can't not, be discouraged. Not everyone's, not everyone's methodology will work for the, every, every person. Exactly. And you just have to keep trying and you, and you know, if somebody else, you know, I, I, you just can't follow too closely somebody else's path to success, all these self-help books and everything like that. Like, Oh, it's just going to discourage you because you haven't found your way yet. And it's going to, it'll take you some time. You just got to keep moving forward. You got to keep 
trying. And again, I don't mean to say that, you know, moving forward is just, is simply just hanging on to the fact that you're going to keep looking for ways to improve your life. And I'm going to make a mini relevant wreck. And I got another wreck for the end of this that has to do with what we were talking about in the lost opening. But uh, there's a song that I love. And I find I, I've, I remember listening to it at times, when I was just feeling like it, it really does feel empowering. And it gives me uh, gives me this feeling that there's hope. It's, it's soul to soul. Keep on moving. Interesting. Never heard of it. I'm sure you've heard of it. You, you know, uh, back to life, back to reality, right? Nope. You, you've heard. I'm sure. Back to life, back to reality, back to <laughs> the here and now. Yeah. You haven't heard I've that? Never heard of it. No. Wow. That I'm I'm surprised. Well, anyway, check them out. Yeah, that's my personal. I mean, that's a different song. Um, that's just a I think the better known song, but. Uh, Keep on moving is a beautiful song. It's it's just everything about it is is uh, it's so good. I mean, it's just putting a smile on my face just thinking. About it. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it, it really is a, a motivating and, and inspiring song. I think so. That's that's another thing too. I I I don't mean to dominate this. I'll, I'll give you, but like I something and, and I'd be interested to see if you relate. But because I think a lot of people probably relate to this, but like I felt throughout my life that music has been very significant in sort of keeping me going um 100 percent. yeah and i i'm sure it's uh pretty calm but i I, i'll share this one anecdote really quickly um i'm gonna try not to get too deep into this but in high school i had this really bad like panic attack that sort of left me kind of really uh for for about a year and a half two years like uh, a little scarred i guess for lack of a better word where like i was having trouble going to school for uh, a, a good year and a half, two years, like every day I would struggle to make it to, like I, I, several times I had to call to go home. It was really bad. And I remember at the time, like one of the key things that I, that I had that kept me going was uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. And it, and it sounds funny, but like it really was. Like I remember walking to school cold mornings with that song playing in my head, like feeling like this is, you know, this is gonna get me through. Like, I, like this is my fight. Something as simple as just staying, like not calling out to go home. And uh, I love that actually. Well, I got one more thing I'm going to say, and, and I, I promise this is it. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's therapeutic to talk about this stuff, I guess. And I've told a lot of people about this. And yeah, you know, I don't know totally, if I've ever. Totally fine with it. Well, I don't know if you and I've ever discussed this with you specifically, but I told a lot of people about this whole incident in my life. And um, there was a time, and this kind of goes back to sort of pushing through stuff. And why I think it's very important because, you know, I've been through this and I know, I really know what it's like to have overwhelming anxiety and just like, like crippling anxiety. Like just that, that keep, puts you in a, in a place where I, I had, I had a, another episode. I, I would say I only had the one panic attack. At least I think the rest were like anxiety attacks. If there's a, I don't know, but, um, I had another episode where like, basically it was, I think 11th grade, we went we had a week off when we came back that morning it was you know it was rough and uh i remember just like this terror and like i called and i and i had to go home and so i took another week off and by the end of that week i remember it was like you know my parents were telling me like you can't keep doing this like this is you know you've been out of school for two weeks now like this is you know 
you know, you got to go to school today. Cause it was like the, that Monday morning, I guess they were like, you got to go to school there or else we're, we're going to put you in a hospital. And I remember, um, I was sitting there that, that morning was very visceral for me because I, I was sitting, it was like six in the morning or whatever, six 30. I remember eating my morning cereal. Like I had a ritual and it was a very, like that time, it was a very ritual driven time because I was so uncomfortable with this daily school thing. And like weekends were like this safe space that like didn't last long enough. And like, I remember just having to sit cross-legged on the couch, eating cereal, watching my, you know, early morning Nickelodeon cartoons or games and sports or whatever. And so it was that morning. And I just remember like, I could feel the clock ticking and knowing that like I had this important decision to make. And to be honest, I was ready to go to a hospital. That's how bad it was for me to the, the thought of going back to school was that terrifying that um, I was ready. You know, I was just like, like, no, I'm not like, I'm going to go to a hospital. But I didn't make that decision at that moment because I knew that that would that was a scary thought, too. So I just took it like one step at a time. You know, it was just like, even though in sort of somewhere in my head, I had decided that's what I was going to do. I also decided like, but if that's, you know, I decided if that's the decision I'm going to make, then I can take this one little step at a time and just, you know, see where that takes me. And so that's what I did. I, I, I took my morning that way. I ate my cereal and waited for that dreadful time to, until I was at school, drove, drove to school. I remember opening the car door and, and taking a step out and just kept walking towards school and I made it there. And that was the last time that I really struggled with that. I mean, it, it still took about another maybe year or so, maybe half a year to like really get back to normal. But like just doing that after that, it, the struggle, that, that difficulty that I had almost like just went away at least by 50%. It became so much easier to go to school. And again, just pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, taking things one step at a time, not looking at the big picture, like the, the whole picture at once. Right. So that's, an, that's, an, that's interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't know. And um, I, I can't necessarily say that I relate, but I, I understand. That yeah. Well, you, you know, I mean, you and I are very different people, but that doesn't mean we don't have our, you know, our own, like it doesn't make what you've, just because you may not be able to relate, you, we can both relate to the intensity of what yes, one, we yes, deal with. 100%. That's that's what it is, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter. It the, the, what matters is what you're feeling and how right. intense that is. And yeah, a lot of people, I don't think matter. It doesn't matter the form it takes. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. And I think that's what's frustrating too, is because there's still a lot of this. Oh, I can do it. Why is this hard for you? It's like people often equating like a fear like someone's fear of cotton to their fear of cotton it's like i don't have a fear of cotton why are you afraid of cotton but instead don't equate that fear of cotton to your fear of cotton equate that fear of cotton to your fear of spiders and then you can there's there's a connection then you understand what's going on did i dip out again no no no, no. i just oh, okay i was trying to think of a response to that and i couldn't Okay. No, I just yeah, it was just with the the spottiness of the recording, I wasn't sure. But no, no, no. I was like, I was lost in what you were saying. Not like lost and not paying attention, but I was like intrigued by in your. I was like more like it felt like I was listening to you on an like on a stage orating about you know <laughs> everything that's going on, and I, Somebody... I tend to forgot that oh we're actually like it's like a conversation 
Well, hey, get me on a TED Talk. <laughs> right? Yeah, please. No, I, I, well, I, welcome I, to your TED Talk. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, I hope that, you know, what I say can make some sense and can, you know, like, because I, I do think there's still a problem. I think we're a lot of people still are having trouble relating to each other. And I think that's the best way to look at something is just to compare, not look at what the, the shape it is, not look at something by its shape, but by its impact. Yeah. Yeah. Impact, something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. So I guess we're, we're reaching time as, as it turns out. So um, it's, it's, I'm gonna... about, it's about as long as uh, people actually listen to the podcast. Yeah, I did. I did not. I it was not my intention to um, take up the entirety of the thing. I guess just once I got started, it was hard to stop. But um, I did mention I had a, a wreck, and I'll I'll go ahead and wreck and... it, wreck, wreck, wreck it. So basically, uh, I went to the drive-in. Uh, what was it? Thursday night, and I saw a tenant. And this is kind of like a. An interesting wreck. It's sort of a lukewarm wreck because I got to see it again. When I first, because I, I like Chris Nolan a lot. I think he makes, he does very interesting high concept stuff. I think that's I the don't, first time I've heard someone call him Chris Nolan. Yeah, I like calling him Chris Nolan. I don't know. Maybe I just feel like I'm, maybe I feel like I got a connection with him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's easier to say Chris Nolan, Christopher Nolan. That's too many, uh, too many syllables. Chris Nolan. It's a nice it thing, three syllables. Awesome. <laughs> well, anyway, so I really, uh, you know, I don't think I've seen a Chris Nolan movie that I didn't like. And I was watching this, and so, so you know, I heard about it. I kind of didn't really know much of what it was about, but it intrigued me. So, And I knew there was, like, this big deal about him wanting to make sure that it was presented in Chris Nolan. What, what about Chris Nolan? I said a lot of things about Chris Nolan. And you were just telling me how you've seen Chris Nolan films before. Oh, and- Yeah. Yeah, so and I always, I you know, I've always liked Chris Nolan movies, and so you know, I heard about this movie. It seemed I was intrigued. I didn't really know all that much about it. I mean, I think I had a maybe a slightly vague idea, but really, I didn't know what it was about. I just knew that, you know, there was this big deal about showing it in seventy millimeter and um, whatever. So um, I I went to see it and like immediately disliked it. Like as soon as it started, I was like, this is so boring. It's like it opens up with them in an opera house and like a bunch of like, you know, SWAT team type guys with guns. And I just find that stuff so incredibly boring. So like for about the first half of the movie, I just couldn't pay attention. I was like this. I just a lot of slick gunplay, like, you know, agent stuff that's just like that's been done before. Yeah, it felt like that. But, you know, pretty early on, they introduced this concept of inverting time. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm intrigued now. But again, it was after that, it was kind of boring and it didn't really seem very clear. And, you know, it was also it was raining, too. So like that probably had something to do with it. But, uh, you know, so I, I had a hard time following it. And, you know, obviously, this is kind of a high concept thing. And, you know, like, you're, you're gonna really have to pay attention. And I just wasn't in the mood for that. So like, I was just kind of like, writing it off. But then there's a point in the movie, I almost spoiled it. I had the instinct to spoil what was going on. I was, I was a, already tempted to throw a spoiler warning up there. So. so there's a point in the movie where something happens, where the big thing happens, and it all starts connecting. And at that point, I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, this is, like, I went 180 to, like, I did a pull the full 180 where I was just like, I can't stand this movie. It's so boring. It's a cool idea, but poorly executed too. This is so brilliant. 
It is so like masterfully orchestrated and it blew my mind. How it was like, it was a, a technical Marvel. Um, by the end of it, I was like, it was kind of boring, but like also really fascinating. So I do want to see it again. I think I'll have my full opinion if I wind up seeing it. It is the kind it's, I, it's a movie that, that was designed to be seen more than once, which, you know, obviously it's a good way to make, make that extra moolah. It also sounds like every Christian, Chris Nolan movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, man makes a good movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, I respect him as a uh, director and almost all of his films I like in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. I mean, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really fascinating. And, uh, you know, it's got, a, it's got a good cast. It's got a little, a, a little Michael Caine cameo. You know, he's got to throw his Michael Caine in there. Oh, of course. It wouldn't you know, be a Chris Nolan movie without it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, really, really a good, compelling cast. I, I liked the actors maybe a little more than I liked the characters, but you know, it's, it was, you know, I think, I think I'll have to see it again. I think like at the end of it, it just, it all makes a lot more sense. So. Cool beans. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, um, we, we've kind of run out of time, so we'll, we'll have to split this up. And we'll do a two-parter. We'll dive into uh, my end of productivity and philosophy and all that kind of fun mental health jazz. Uh, next, next week, week next, next week is the, it's the Spock brain. Yes, feeling versus logic. Apparently, something oh, we've discovered recently. There is actually, by the way, in uh, the original series, there's a season three episode called Spock's Spock's brain. It's an episode where they literally like they they have I don't I think somebody steals Spock's brain. Season three is things get a little rough, but anyway, I got a month. <laughs> you got a month. I got a month without Star Trek. <laughs> Has it only been a month? Like it, it feels like it's been longer. I haven't uh, watched Star Trek uh, in a while. Uh, I don't know. Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching uh, Voyager sometime soon. That's gonna be happening. Just get ready. Ugh, ugh, I still gosh. gotta watch Voyager, and then I gotta watch uh, Enterprise, and then I gotta watch um, uh, Discovery and Captain Picard. I'm not gonna watch the animated series. I just don't have it in me. Oh, I think it's supposed to be good. I don't know. Audible, audible cringe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard oh it. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Anyway, make sure you all come back for next week so we can um, explore the other side. I made it sound a lot more ominous than it's supposed to be, but, yeah, whatever. Oh, it's uh, ominous. It's, it's ominous. It's ominous. <laughs> it's, I like it's ominous. It's ominous. I, I, I pulled a ruts there. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you're on a platform that allows you to rate, drop us a rating. But make sure you like, share the episode. Just enjoy the content. You know, if you want to engage with us, feel free. We also have a Discord now. The Discord yeah. is live. It is existing. It's ready to go. I'll drop a link in the um, in the doobly doo. The Discord under the Discord. The doobly doo underneath. Uh, description. That's the word. Yeah, please join us. We'd love to uh, see that there's proof people are listening. <laughs> We want it. We really, you know, I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record at this point, but that, you know, the listeners, that, that, that one listener in Germany and that one listener in Brazil, we want to, we want to know who you are. We want to, we want to hear from you. Further now, we've got into uh, South Africa. And South Africa, whoever you are, come <laughs> stop on by, say hi, tell us about yourself. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's open. It's you know it's very welcoming and as and um, Sam also mentioned we've got socials up now, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the podcast itself directly there, or as always, follow uh, Modern Neon Media and all yeah. all socials at Modern Neon Media. What's the um the handle for the the podcast? Uh, uh, let me. Let me check. I think it's the same for Instagram and for Twitter, but uh, yeah, we we need to um, we need to like like I I need to like I, I know I, I want to be like a little more active with that and try to uh, let me see post some things. So follow. It's gonna be empty, but you know, give us a follow and you'll start seeing some stuff. Um, it's at yktdpod. Y is in you. K is in no. T is in the. D is in drill. Pod. Is is cap is cap sensitivity important on Twitter? I think so. You do or don't? I don't. Okay. Well, just in case, it's capital Y, capital K, uh, lowercase T, capital D, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D, and then on Instagram, I think it's the same exact thing. At least with Twitter, I I I've managed a Twitter account before slightly. So like, I'll I'll make sure I link. If you go to the Modern Neon page, I'll link them in the bio. Oh wait, okay. So it's I think it's you underscore no underscore the underscore drill underscore pod. I believe. Okay. So like I said, there's nothing there yet, but hop on, like like follow, and you'll start seeing some juicy content. Maybe it'll be there soon. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I'll- we'll catch you next week. See Bye. you then. Bye bye. Is that how you? Is that how you add end every episode? Da, 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 I just make random noises. At the end yeah, you always, you always do that at the end. I'm like, do you do you just uh, you leave that there? What's going on, everybody? My name is Jeff, also known in the internet world as Jefferoth, inviting you to subscribe to my new podcast, The One Winged Gamescast. Every week, I will take the wealth of knowledge I've picked up over the past few decades as I've played video games and covered the industry, and use it to celebrate gaming's past, discuss gaming's present, and hypothesize about gaming's future. All the news, all the trends, everything you've ever wanted to know with my own unfiltered opinions. My special guests will have a good time, so pull up a seat on the couch and let's chat. It's the One Winged Games cast with me, Jefferoth, on your favorite audio platform of choice. Subscribe now.